Welcome to episode 107 of Auto Off Topic. Good evening, Andrew. What's up, Brad? Not too much. Got a good amount of stuff to go over. We've yeah. Done some, we've done some work. Got some uh, Craig Don't Tell Me for later. Sweet. Which, um, I can't remember the listener name. Wow. Yeah. Failure. Real quick, too. So, if you do want to send us submissions, uh, this gentleman not sent be named. it. Yeah, this gentleman sent it to uh, the main page. Which is fine if you want to just talk to us, but we both have access to the Facebook page and the Instagram page. So if you're trying to keep it a secret from one of us, we'll both see it if you send it to those. So Yeah, you, not a good plan. No, you can just friend request us on Facebook or whatever or send us the thing on Instagram and individually. And then we can have uh, Craig Don't Tell Me for each other if you want to do that. Yeah, don't send them to the main auto off topic yeah. Facebook page because... That's my basic gist there. Yeah, we'll both wind up. Uh, we'll wind up having them. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, I was driving home from work, and there's a major street near my house, a little street, and like suddenly, like traffic backed up, and I was like, "Oh, this is backed up sooner than it normally backs up." And there's like a slight bend in the road with a guardrail, and there's like a Chevy Traverse being lifted onto a flatbed. Okay. And the entire knuckle assembly and wheel and brake rotor and Things were all jammed into the guardrail. Oh. Like, how did that happen? Like, underneath it? Hmm. Like, the tire was ripped off the wheel? Like, bizarre. Just I don't know. I see some weird ones on the daily commute, so... I had one yes two days ago. The guy was just in a ditch on the side of the road on a 45-mile-an-hour straight road. Oh, perfectly sunny. Just and the ditch is a far. It's a quick drop off. So all I could see was like the guy standing next to it, and like the front end was all smashed and it was against the tree. But it was just the roof line was all I could see. I think a lot of it's just like cell phone use. You're just not paying attention. Then all of a sudden you look up and you're in the guardrail or yeah, in the ditch. More than likely. Uh, oh, and I had a semi that just burst into flames on my way to work the other day. That was pretty wild. I'm sure that didn't. It was a real uh, Ken Block moment. Didn't really help the commute either. No. So anyway. Project Car Updates. Yeah, we've done some stuff. We have done some stuff. Uh, we uh, I helped Jordan with his Xterra. It needed brakes for the end of summer rally sprint. He ran sweep with it and course open, and uh, that was pretty cool, I guess. So we swapped his brakes on last Saturday morning. They weren't that thin. They were probably a little more than halfway. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. He had like 70,000 miles on the truck. Those are the original brakes? Yeah. He's got 70K on that truck now? Yeah. I guess he's driven across Six country. Six-speed. So, yeah. That's why the brakes are still good. True. Even with the towing. So. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But the parking brake needed to be adjusted. Well, it's because the shoes needed to be adjusted. For whatever reason, they fell out of adjustment. So when I put them back together, the shoes were fine. Plenty thick. Just but needed to be just, moved. Yeah, I reset the adjusters. And then it worked perfect. So. I actually have to do that on my uh, Silverado as well. Yeah. Still. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Yeah. There was an axle seal in there you needed to. On the Xterra? No. On your truck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm aware. Anyway. How many times can Andrew say, anyway? Drinking game, folks. Yep. Then we worked on the 78 Colt. And uh, I think... Brad grossly miscalculated the labor in water pump replacement. Well, let's to be fair, you could see all four bolts plain and clear. Yep. 
what you couldn't see was the fifth bolt <laughs> that was hidden behind the timing belt. Was there four tensioner. or five? I feel like there were five. All right. Whatever. I, I thought I could see all of the bolts, plain and clear, easy access. And I looked and at I'm it. I'm pretty sure you did the same. I looked at it real quick, and I was like, yeah, whatever. It's just on the front of the engine. It's driven by the uh, drive belts. Yeah. It's not time belt driven. It's got to be right in the front. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like an old-fashioned car. It is, pretty much. Almost <laughs> almost perfectly that, yes. And uh, But no. Regardless. What, that engine's pretty modern, actually. Okay. It, it's got plastic covers and a, a timing belt, and it looked like a modern it's, engine. Yeah, it's a very early timing belt car. So all that had to come off, along with the radiator and fan and shroud. But that makes it easier to get to that stuff. Yeah, and it, was actually, like, it probably took less time taking that stuff out than it would have trying to work around it. Yeah. Actually, you have to take the fan out because it's attached to the water pump because it's an old style. You might as well. And there's four bolts. It's not even a clutch fan. It's just a direct drive Mm -hmm. bolted to the pulley. Yeah. So, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It took less time to disassemble everything than it would have to try to work around things. So, the pump was questionable Mm -hmm. when we took it off there. I don't know what brand it was. Some weird ass brand with a weird impeller. The impeller did not look like it could flow much water. No. It wasn't tight against the body of the water pump. Like it would des- definitely like water would flow by it. Yeah. And you got a nice ace in one with a much more aggressive impeller on it. Mm-hmm. And we cleaned out a bunch of crud that was in there. It definitely needed some help. There's no question. Regardless of what the end result is or isn't, it's good that we replaced the water pump. Yeah. So what happened after we finished with that job? Well... So, as most of our listeners will know, I've had this car for like three or four years now. Yep. And it's always had a slight overheating problem. Whereas I drive around town and the gauge stays where it belongs on the first line, which is the operating range. So, it's like this is one line and then a big sweep up to the red. And that first line is where it's supposed to say when it's operational. Yeah, it's odd because when you look at the gauge, it's like, it looks like where the line is, that's a quarter. Yeah, but that's and then where it the, and then the whole middle part doesn't have a middle line, right? And then there's a top quarter line, and then it's red. But the proper operational line is that first line, really, and it's always run just fine around town at that line. I would have expected it to be somewhere in the middle of that, but eventually it started to go above that line around town, and on the highway after ten miles or so at a steady sixty, it would peg up pretty much to the red. Mm-hmm. So I would flush the coolant out of it put fresh water in it, not running any coolant, just trying to figure it out because I don't spend, you know, $13 on coolant every time I'm flushing it out of there. Um, so I'd flush all the coolant out of it, put a flush kit in it, clean it out, get all the muck out of it, fill it with water, drive it again. It'll be fine around town for, for a month or two. So every couple of months, it will start to creep back up. I'll flush it again, and it'll run properly. But it never ran properly on the highway. So we've replaced everything. We've talked about it on the show before. We've replaced the radiator. We've flushed it. We've... Just gone through everything except for the water pump. So it was the last thing to replace. So we replaced it. Got it all together. I went into the car for a aggressive drive. And it heated up real quick. And it went up all the way to the red on extended like highway speed run. I went up and down you know, 107 a few times at speed to get the temperature up. And it went right up like it normally did mm-hmm. after the new water pump was put in it. So the reason we never, we always thought it was overheating was because of how it operates around town and how it operates in the highway and how every time you flush it, it will run cooler for a while. 
but apparently it's all been false reading the whole time mm-hmm. because we finally, again, not sure why it took this long, finally broke out the infrared thermometer and with no thermostat in the engine. Um, and it was a really warm day. It was probably, I guess in the mid eighties on Saturday, Sunday, whatever day we're doing. Yeah. Um, it was at about two ten at the thermostat housing with no thermostat in it. Two ten? Two ten. I thought it was like one ninety five. Nope. Hold on. We'll get there. It was about two ten in the thermostat housing area where there should be a thermostat but was not. Um in the inlet at the bottom of the engine where the cooled water goes back into the block, it was at about one eighty five, one ninety. So the radiator was doing its job, dropping it about 20 pounds, 20 pounds, 20, 20 degrees, excuse me. Yeah, that seems pretty normal. Right. So now I'm frustrated. Figure it's got to be either a sending unit, a ground, or a gauge. One of the three there is bad. So I took a thermostat housing off, I put a thermostat in it, and I ran it again. With the thermostat in it, a proper 195 degree thermostat, it was at 194 at the thermostat housing via the infrared thermometer, and 174 at the inlet of the engine. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly where it belongs. So the car is running just fine. The gauge still shows that it's, you know, about to explode, even though it's not. Mm-hmm. So I've ordered a sending unit, and we'll change that next, and hopefully that does something. If not, then we'll take a look at all the grounds and make sure there's no ground to the gauge that's not properly grounded. And then last case will be find a new cluster for the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, or in the meantime, put a sending unit and just temporarily run an aftermarket gauge just to see where everything sits. Or why not just run an aftermarket gauge all the time? Because I don't want to put more gauges in the car. It already has a gauge. It would be redundant to put a second one in there. And I don't like having a bunch of gauges. I already have a little two and a half inch tachometer because the car doesn't have a factory tack. And that's enough for me to have in the car. Okay. Full disclosure, that tachometer is still not wired up, but it is in the car. No, it's just there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks the part. We'll get there eventually. Nobody at the car show knows that the tachometer is not hooked up. Nope. No, they don't. I'll get there eventually. It's been a, a very unimportant thing to finish with everything else going on with the car so oh we used a 80s chilton's manual yes we did the, the 1985 imported car manual covering from 78 to 85 yep and it had how to do the time belt do i have a factory service manual for a 78 gold i don't know do you yes of course i do did, cool. I, br- did I bring it with me no no because no, the water pump is going to be easy we could see all the bolts yeah we knew what we were doing well, luckily I had the Chilton's manual. Yeah, it worked out. And it told me how to do it, so it was all set. And then Honestly, we, it was pretty simple. It was. I do wish that I had bought a timing belt, knowing that we had to take it off to do the job. Uh, but it's not in terrible, terrible shape. And, I mean, worst case scenario, we eventually plan on 4G swapping the car anyway. Or single cam swapping the car, depending on what the plan is. But a, different, a more modern engine will go in the car. So if the timing belt should happen to pop on the car, then... It'll just accelerate that process, I mm-hmm. think. But anyway, that's what we did to my car. Yep. And yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. And then it started raining, so I put it away, and I'm driving my truck again. Mm-hmm. So 
No new news. So, project card down date. Turns out the Gallant, the rear brakes were seized. Yes. Um, they never made noise until like a couple days ago. Did we mention on a previous podcast how I thought that was the case because the back brakes were dusting really badly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And But they've been doing that literally for years. Right. So they've been seized literally for years. Yeah. But apparently I haven't driven it far enough for them to wear out. Right. Because I kept checking the outside pads, and they were fat, and the parking brake worked, and the car didn't brake weird. the outside pads weren't moving at all. Yeah, but the <laughs> car didn't brake weird or anything. It didn't make any noises. Uh, I know Actually, one, the car braked pretty well. Yeah, and one of the calipers was newer. You could see that the previous owner had done it. Um, and I installed it with super glue. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's That's probably the problem, is that the car sits... For months at a time, and then any bit of moisture. If you don't like, I like to take calipers apart and put silzide on them, the the uh, like black molly grease, the brake caliper grease. Yeah, of course. Because when you buy new calipers, they do not come with enough grease in them. They come with like this very light grease. So you literally just take them apart and just coat them with that black molly grease, and it will just keep the moisture out of there. Yep. And and it'll keep them freed up. No corrosion. No. So, yeah, they seized up, and uh, I had to order brake calipers for that, which apparently the, I think the passenger side one was kind of hard to find. Like, a lot of places didn't have it. Okay. They had the left one, but not the right one. Unfortunately, our local brake caliper rebuilding place is no longer in business. Yeah, they got bought out. I used to be able to bring calipers down there. You'd bring them 50 bucks cash, and they'd rebuild them for you. Yeah, it was the best. You don't realize how important something is until it's gone. <laughs> yeah, because I would have spent $100 on calipers instead of $215 on calipers. Right. And you know they would have been perfect because they've been freshly rebuilt and yeah. by a reputable place. These were like probably on the shelf somewhere. They look fine. I got them today. I'll clean them up, throw some black paint on them. Uh, but they were like, one was like 130 and one was $99. It's weird. Super weird. They had to come from different sellers. Do they come from I had eBay? To get, I had to get the money bay. Hmm. Nobody had them. That's weird. Yeah. Are they it took Gallant, a lot of like they Gallant only? Nope. Same as like a Talon? Yep. It's strange they're not available anymore. Yes, and concerning. So yeah, I'm gonna to have stock to up on them. Keep the old ones as cores. Yeah. And there's gotta be a place you can still ship like brake calipers to be rebuilt online somewhere. Unfortunately it probably cost a lot more with shipping and everything. It's fine if I can have them rebuilt. What happened to all the all the tools and dies and stuff from the local caliper place? Did they open up again somewhere else, or are they just gone? They forever? got bought by a bigger company that does break caliper stuff. I'll have to look into it. I had to do a lot of part number searching to find these. And the funny thing is, like, there's no, there is no like core returns on the listings. I don't nobody think nobody wants them. Yeah, so kind of a bummer. So I'm gonna clean these up real good. Well, they're brand new, but I'm going to clean them, paint them, make sure they're lubed, and uh, try to keep them nice. Yeah, maybe we should get into the art of brake caliper. You could, when I was looking them up, you could get the parts, like the wheel cylinders and stuff. That's not what seized on these. It was the upper, it's one of those old school designs where the top pin is like a slide 
pin that doesn't unthread really. Oh, when like it pivots on almost? It pivots on it. Yeah. So I went to unbolt it and pivot it up, and it actually sheared off. That's real frozen. Yeah. So the only thing that was holding it on the top down is the brake cable. Yikes. But it's in the direction of rotation, so you hit, be, you'd hit the brakes, anywhere. it would pull it down anyways yep. towards the caliper, yeah. But, yeah, it was super seized, which is kind of a bummer. But it's just sheared off in there, so I don't even know how you'd get it out, how you'd try to drill it out without ruining the bracket. Is it a, like a brass pin in a steel caliper, right? Mm-hmm. There's got to be a temperature at which you can get them apart. Well, you can see on the rebuilds, and I'll show you where they had drilled them out and tapped them and went through part of the caliper bracket. Okay. But they're still fine. Like They're not compromised. Hmm. And also the rears don't do much work on those cars. Right, so they shouldn't be throwing a lot of dust. <laughs> no, I guess not. Um, it just seemed strange to me that we because you have white wheels in the car. I thought it was a garbage pad, and we were doing setup. highway runs, and you know, because we ran we, did, we ran the car to Atlanta and back, and I noticed it somewhere in like Maryland. We got gas. I was like, "Why are the wheels black in the rear?" And you're like, "I don't know. It's always done it. Just a cheap pad." And I was like, "All right, cool." And we just kept driving. Yeah, yeah. I I thought they were a cheap pad. I mean, it's literally the last holdover in the car from the previous owner because yeah. it had shitty front brakes on it for a while and, and we all know the previous owner used like house wiring nuts to do wiring yeah. so there was a lot of questionable choices basically made. the rear brakes that are on the car are also the same rear brakes that i drove to texas and back yeah so they've okay. got 30 ish thousand miles on since them. you bought the car yeah who knows how old they were before that yeah, but they were working, so I didn't. That's, I mean, that that's how it goes sometimes. I just they weren't making noise or any reason to really investigate them. Yep. But uh, and then I had gray wheels before, so I guess I couldn't see the dust. Didn't show up as much. Yeah. But yeah. Regardless, oops, that's the word that I always say. I was informed the other day. What? Regardless. I mean, at least you don't say irregardless. Irregardless. Which would be is not a real word. Yes. So. Irregardless, I just say regardless. Okay. Um, yeah, I was informed of that the other day that that should be. Speaking of drinking games, there's probably a word I say all the time too. I feel like people have told us, but it doesn't yeah, matter. you just did it earlier this episode. Remember? What's that? When you said how many times can Andrew say? Anyway. Anyway. I do say it a lot, but anyway, I feel like there's something else, <laughs> and I'm and I'm blanking on it. I don't know how we got here, but because I said regardless. Anyway. <laughs> Regardless, let's move on. Regardless in any way. Um, yeah. The Montero. Oh, boy. Project car number four. Yeah, this is like Project Car State of the Union. Yeah, we've had quite a... Uh, quite a we had quite a weekend. Uh, quite a week, I guess. Yeah, and there's still more to go. Yeah, because we're doing Radwood prep on things. Yeah. We, if we didn't take a break um, to do the podcast, yeah, we'd probably st- still be working on cars. Yeah. Uh, the Montero, the driver's side CVX, the inner was ripped, and you could see it was all dry rotted and stuff, you know, Southwest truck. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, uh, I don't want to replace the axle because aftermarket ones are kind of hard to find, and they're usually not very good. So they're inferior to. So I bought some boots, and I've rebooted CV axles before. So it's actually, I mean, it's the same amount of labor, but... If you can keep the OEM axle, it's a much better axle. Yeah, plus you can re-grease everything while you're in there. And 
as long as they're not making noise. Yep. Which I haven't had a CV axle make noise on me in forever. Well, I have a car in my driveway right now that makes tons of noise, so we can yeah. work on that. Next. That's going to need some. <laughs> and that's easy because you just swap them out. Yeah. But we, I took it out, and that that truck is a pain in the ass to get that thing apart. Yes, it is. It's got upper and lower ball joints, torsion bars. The lower ball joint is bolted in in a bizarre fashion. Yeah, it's kind of braced inside of the lower control arm. So it's not a normal style setup where there's two or three bolts exposed on the corner of the control arm to hold the ball joint in place. Well, they're usually on the top. Right, but they're exposed. They're not like encapsulated in this like inside the control arm. Like you just sits on top. Yeah. And you bolt through it and you're done. Yeah. This was four bolts, but you had to line the bracket up inside the lower control arm. Mm-hmm. While also positioning the axle inside the hub. Well, I wouldn't have had to take it out if I could could have gotten the lower ball joint off of the knuckle, but it just would not budge. Yeah. So that's going to be a horrible job when that ball joint wears out. Oh, we can try to find used knuckles or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Although I feel like I'm not going to worry about it. It's got an OEM ball joint in it, and it's still going to. I'm just going to keep greasing it. The boot didn't rip. Um, I also feel like if we used, again, heat and the impact, it may have come off because it was able to spin the other way. We got a little bit loose and a little bit tight, or a lot of it tight. No, 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 no. It's not, the nut was not the problem. The nut came off. Oh, okay. I damaged the nut while I was trying to press it out. Okay, see, I wasn't there for that part, I don't think. I should have had the nut threaded down so it was flush, but I had the castle part been, sticking mon- up. Monday night when I was doing family time stuff. Yeah. I missed that. Trying to use my ball joint uh, press tool, which usually works and does yeah. the trick. It just would not budge it out of that taper. And I do not like smashing knuckles with anything with giant yeah. sledges <laughs> because it just worries me. I've seen it happen too many times where guys will do it at a shop and just shatter the knuckle. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, what do you do then? Then you're going to find a knuckle. you buy a knuckle, yeah. It's horrible. So I try to use the tool to pop them out. Usually it works. Or a pickle fork. Whatever. I'm pickle pork. Yeah. It uh, got it off, and it's, you know, you have to take I took the brake caliper off, the bracket off. It comes off with the bearing, and the rotor's all captured, so it's kind of heavy. It's probably 25 pounds. It was awkward. Yeah. It was very awkward to move everything around. Well, it's not great on a roll-up lift either. If it was on two posts, it'd be a lot easier because you could work around things. Yeah, you wouldn't have floor jack on top of the lift supporting the lower control yeah. arm in yeah. the way of yeah. positioning things. Oh, and then, so to get the axle out, uh, the factory service manual is like, factory service manual is like, yeah, just pull it out. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you try to yank on it, and it doesn't come out. And there's no place to put a pry bar, because there's a bracket around where the drive cup would be to pry it out. Like on a normal front-wheel drive car, you just pop it out. Nothing. So I was like, okay, I could get to the band clamp around the boot, popped it off, popped the boot back, reached in, pushed the retaining clip. Those little spring clips that are inside a CV axle are super soft. You can just Mm -hmm. pop it out and then just slid the whole axle assembly except for the drive cup out, which is fine because then the drive cup stayed into the uh, differential. Yep. And then you don't have to worry about damaging that differential seal because it never came out. But if you have a duty and a diff seal, we'll have to get that thing out there somehow. You might have just dropped the diff at that point, but... Oof. 
Well, anyway, not gonna hope think, it never happens. Not gonna yeah. think about that. <laughs> um, so, rebooted the axle outside of the car. Then we put it back into the drive cup, put the snap ring in, put the fresh boot over it. Oh, it was that easy? Basically. Yeah. Well, we had to fight with the snap ring a little bit. The snap ring got bent because I was yanking on the axle. I right. damaged the snap ring, flattened it out the way it should be, mm-hmm. and then once that was in, it just popped back in. It locked perfectly. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Slid the boot back up. It was a little tricky to get the band clamp tightening tool up in there, but I managed to get it up in there. And it's got one. It's one of those ones that like cranks the band clamp tighter, and then you bend it over, and it cuts it. And then it really was. It actually really wasn't that bad. No, it was it, just the, it popped off the first time, and then I reset it, and it was it got it. Yeah, I think the whole job wasn't that bad. It's just if you're doing it by yourself, the weight of the things would have made it awkward and hard. Oh yeah. Which is the reason I don't like trucks, and the reason I never bought a truck before is everything is heavier duty and heavier to work with and pain in the butt. I don't think that's the like whole reason, but. It's part of the reason. All right. That's why I never worked on a truck before. I mean, I've owned trucks before. I had an S10 Blazer. That's the only truck I ever had. I don't think you ever did anything to it. No, I just, I just caught it on fire. Yeah. And had it towed to a mechanic and said, fix this. Yeah. <laughs> I had it caught, on, it caught on fire, and I put the fire out. Now, why did I put the fire out? Yeah. <laughs> so put it all back together. Uh, one of the things you have to take off when you do the axle is the little cups i guess on the outside that would be that lock the axle to the wheel bearing and spin the front hubs yeah they have like little machine screws on them no 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 the actual plate that it goes over the splines of the axle oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes the hub and axle one step behind you yeah spin all together because these trucks were set up with a central axle disconnect in the front unlike the first gens that had auto lock hubs that you gotta like back up Mm-hmm. And they automatically lock, and then... Which doesn't do much good when you're already stuck. Yes. Right. So, after that, the way these trucks are set up, the front axles just spin. So these front axles have been spinning for 188,000 miles. Mm-hmm. They just spin every time you drive. You get Which drag. is pretty impressive, but they're still in good shape. Yeah. I mean, they don't... I don't think the truck spent too much time in four-wheel drive. Has it with me. No. Um... So then they... Famously so. Yeah. So that's a bit of drag on them. Uh, so I did buy, we talked about it before, about some ASIN freewheel hubs. So you can disconnect them when you're not using yeah, them. Yeah. So you remove that little drive cup. This thing bolts into place of that and then has the wheel or the knob that you turn from free to lock. And it engages the front axles to the hubs. So it's kind of cool now when they're in free. They just spin. So I'll probably the wheel gain. spins and the axle doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just gain probably maybe like one, one and a half mile per gallon, which is pretty good. It bumps it to like 20. And it's less wear on the axles too. Yeah. So you have to worry about replacing them less. And when you want to use four wheel drive or you know you're going to use four wheel drive, you flip them to lock. You get out of the truck and turn the dials. Yeah. And then as you're driving along, if you need to use four wheel drive, you can throw the lever from inside the cab and then you're good to go. Which is funny because... That's the way they used to be on, like, even OEM settings. Yeah. And manufacturers got away from it because it, people didn't like doing it. And F-250's still that way. Some of them are. I think it's an option. Like, we had some of the stripper ones. I don't think a basic F-250 has manual locking hubs. any four-wheel drive one is. Every four-wheel drive one I've ever seen has manual hubs. On a modern F-250? Modern F-250. I feel like I have one in the shop right now. It doesn't have All one. right, you go look tomorrow. I'm going to have to because that doesn't seem right to me. Change my mind. I think I will because I'm pretty sure it's just maybe on like a 
like a contractor model truck. I've definitely seen them on I contractor like trucks. Be, that's what I mean. Like on a contractor truck, it would be like that. Not on like oh, a, not no. like an F two fifty Lariat. Nope, it's definitely on the the. Uh, it's not the Bighorn Edition Ranch King Ranch. Whatever, yeah. It's definitely yeah. I've seen. I've worked on a King Ranch. It's on there. So hmm. I, I can't say I noticed it, and I'm surprised. Yeah. So if you're right, then I'm surprised. If you're wrong, I'm not surprised. It just has to do with how heavy duty they are. They just put locking hubs instead. Yeah, no, I get it. Because actually, they, and they don't. But even... I have the equivalent GM truck. I have a 2500 truck, and it does not have manual locking. Well, hubs. see, it's the funny thing. Your truck is got uh, IFS in the front. Yep. Whereas an F250 is a solid axle. Oh, so that might be the difference. I don't know. I don't know much about heavy American trucks. I do know from looking at the wheels, they have manual hubs. So, now, the Montero has them, which is pretty cool. So basically you have an F250 now. Sure. Exactly. Uh, the only thing that went kind of wrong, or well, it didn't go wrong. I noticed while I was working in there, I'd undo the tie rod end. The tie rod end boot was ripped. That's kind of a bummer. I gotta get a tie rod end, but I just pumped it full of some more grease, and it'll work for now until I change it. I don't think these are manual locking hubs. I think they look like manual locking hubs. No, they're manual locking hubs. One hundred percent are. I'm on, I'm on the Google images right now, looking at them. All right. Final project car update. I think for this week, the Talon. Uh. Oh, I forgot we did that. Yeah. That went so smoothly and so quickly that it just is off the radar. Yep. So the I'm pretty sure it had the original radiator in it from 1990. Because I know I'd never replaced the radiator in the car since I got it in 2001. And it was a plastic tanked radiator. It's pretty thick, but the plastic end tanks had started to turn from black to like this crazed brown plastic. Yeah, and there was a lot of fins missing. I didn't know the fins were missing, and it was rotted at the bottom, but it never leaked. And it, the car never, ever ran hot. Actually, it ran hot once. The very first, like, three days I drove the car in 2001, 2002. So a very long time ago. So Yeah, it. one of the fans wasn't working, and it ran hot in the driveway. I shut it off. And then we fixed the fan. It was fine. So... Yeah, I was like, hmm, this radiator should probably be replaced. And we talked about me getting them, and I had one that was brand new that was sent to me that had the two snake bite holes. It's actually sitting behind you in the studio here because I don't know what to do with it. And then I found I mean, another one. Recycle that, it because you can't do anything with yeah, it. Yeah, and I found another one that was basically brand new, or it was brand new, just open box. So that's the one I put in, and it's, it was a Koyo Rad aluminum radiator. And it literally factory fit and finish, like perfect. Like the fans bolted up perfectly, no tweaking them. It literally dropped into it the car. It was shocking how well it went together. And then I put the HPS silicone hoses on and filled it full of coolant. And that was it. It was probably like 30 minutes. It was like super it easy. It was no more difficult than installing a replacement factory part. Yeah. The Koyo Rad part is that good. It's kind of, That car is actually, I think, even easier because the radiator sits in front of the radiator support and not like underneath it. Like it didn't have to be popped out or around in the way. It just slides right in. I mean, yeah, it was exceptionally easy actually to change as far as cars that I've done radiators in radiators in. It was pretty easy. So 
that's it for that. That car, I'm kind of upset with myself because that car is so close to being like perfectly drivable. I should have worked on it a lot longer ago. Yeah. Because all the brakes are done and the radiator's done. I have some bushings to throw in the front control arms, some white line ones. Uh, I need to have the alignment done and some tires. And I'll just clean the car really well for now. And then it's ready to go to Radwood and Philly. I'm not going to worry about the front mount intercooler. Well, that'll no, be like that'll be like a late fall we don't, project. We don't, need, we don't need that for a yeah drive to Philadelphia because the bumper has to come off and stuff, and like there's a whole thing. I got to fix the mirror, and then it should be good to go. And I'll do some uh, shakedown drive, and uh, yeah, it should be fun. So that is this week's huge project car updates. Yeah, which is pretty good because we still have a couple minor things to do with the Montero. To get it ready for Radwood, right? No. Oh, it's done. It's done. Sweet. I'm gonna. I might not even mess with that tire until after. What because I'm not. I'm not gonna go off road to go to Radwood. So. Yeah, we're going right afterwards next weekend. I can do that the week of. It's just a tire end. That's true. Um, and I don't want to mess with the alignment. So the last thing we have to do then, pretty much, is you need to get the tires on the Talon. On the HRE's. Yeah. And get it aligned. And we have and to get, get a the sticker. Sapporo out of the garage. Yeah, I gotta talk to you about that after. Drop that transmission. Um yeah, that's about it. I went to Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee on this uh, past Sunday. I did not. Super nice turnout. Good mix of cars. Yeah, pictures look pretty cool. Um like we we talked about car shows, like that's the type of car show. Like mm-hmm. it's good mix of cars. You just show up if you want to show up. Nobody really cares what you bring. Go have some coffee. And when you want to leave, you just leave. It's yeah. that easy. It's very simple. <laughs> so go find them on, if you're in New England, go find them on Facebook or Instagram. And uh, I do this every time. The next one would be a month from this September. Yes. So is the 16th. I'll look it up right now. You can look it up yourself at... Um... Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee. Yes. Uh, or on Instagram, it's SNH Cars and Coffee. Yeah, the organizer, Maylin, has all the dates already set up as Facebook events. So you can see them all in there. And then she does a second one that's in Derry, New Hampshire, at the yep. same, uh, same company. The same chain, the coffee factory. So the coffee's good. It's got little breakfast sandwiches. I got a piece of banana bread. Uh, had a little, had as a little snack. That was good. Uh, because it was our... October 21st. Uh, yep. Because it was my wife and I's uh, wedding anniversary on Sunday. So I went to Cars and Coffee real quick because she wanted to get ready to go out. And then yep. I came back. We went to brunch. So See, I, I couldn't make it because it was my mother's retirement party, Yeah, unfortunately. I needed a little snack so I didn't have to wait all the couple hours to eat brunch. Uh, anything else, Brad? Any other events? That was it, right? I, had, I haven't gone to any car events other than our Wednesday night cruise night that we have every week here. But nothing worth reporting. It was a kind of rainy night tonight, so there may be 35, 40 cars there. All right. You want to play? I've had a pretty lame lame car week, other than good time working on cars. All right. You want to play a game? Is it Greg Craig? Don't tell me. Yeah. I'm down. I've got, uh, I've got four cars. I've had open Ooh. since, like, last week in my browser, so I wouldn't lose them. <laughs> All right. Ready for the first one? Go ahead. All right. For sale, no trade, 
Please no brokers. Hmm. Blank, fastback, sport roof, blank stripes. This is sport roof is a Corvette. I'm gonna keep going because you, you didn't guess it yet. Or a Mustang. Okay, Mustang. It's a must. Sport roof is a Mustang. Fastback okay. sport roof. That was my name for. That was the name for a Mustang fastback from like '68 to '71. All right, do you want me to finish reading it? Yeah. This is a very nicely preserved 72 Mustang Fastback Mach 1. Yep. Came over with gold glow paint, Mach 1 ginger interior. Ginger? Yep. Gold glow. Is it uh, a gold or like a yellow? It looks like a gold glow yellow. So is it like Eleanor, the original Eleanor? Yeah. V8 four-barrel engine has been rebuilt with small cam. The C4 Autotrans is a new performance unit for street or strip. Nine in the rear end, no posi. Air dam and rear windows, sports splats. Yeah, sport roof. So maybe that was the name for the second generation fastback, so the 72, 73. I don't know. I, I could be. I, is, know, I know it's a Mustang game. It is 46, year old, 46 years old, and I will do a best offer when you come and look at it. Drive it. Excellent. I offer him $4. All right. Okay, yeah, Mustang Sport Roof is a fastback Mustang. All right, good job. All right, this one's pretty obscure. Okay. Let's see if you get it. Selling a, I'll give it the year, 1936 blank for a restore project. Frame and body are solid, Texas car. What year is this car? 1936. 36. It has a... 1950 Ford motor that is that stuck. Help. Ford spoke wheels and juice brakes, whatever that means. Ford spoke wheels. Yep. So it's a Ford. Yep. So it's a 36 Ford. There is no title juice, but it's clean. Juice, Camp- juice, juice brakes or hydraulic brakes? Can't provide a New Hampshire registration if needed. Serious inquiries only. Blah, blah, blah. Is that all the info? Yep. So it has Ford spoke wheels that they probably the alloys, let's say the uh, steel style spokes, real narrow ones, not wooden wheels. Too late for that. Yeah. Um. So if it's a thirty-six Ford, mm-hmm. then it's going to be a thirty-six Ford. What? Panel truck. Nope. So yeah, this, 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 there's not enough to go on here. I don't think. This, this, this thirty-six Ford. Is it a pickup truck? A panel truck? A tow truck? It's a coupe. So it's a business coupe. Nope. Is it no longer a 36 Ford coupe? Has it been changed to something else? You know, maybe this isn't a model, and maybe this is a typo, and I don't know enough about this car. Okay, I hopefully I can tell you. Alright, so I'm going to read it, because it's... So, this person wrote, selling a 1936 Ford Tudor. Tudor, yeah. So the Tudor coupe. But spelt it T-U-D-O-R. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Really? 100%. Yeah. Like like the House of Tudor, like the that Tudors? Is, that is correct, yes. Weird. Yeah. 100% correct. Oh, all right. So your joke is falling flat. So this person is like <laughs> no, like old school names for stuff. So it was actually a Ford Tudor. Yeah. Not like a two-door. Tudor. But they call it, they legitimately call it a Tudor. Tudor, yeah. Weird. Tudor. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know that a Tudor means it has two doors, um, but I know they called it a Tudor. Juice brakes. Hydraulic brakes. Never heard it called As opposed to brakes. manually mechanical brakes. Like cable, cable brakes? Operated. Yeah. Which back in the 30s, you still would have had. Look at those juice brakes. Yeah. Does Colt have juice brakes? Yes, it does. Weird. Yeah, Tudor. 
Man, I, I would. I thought they like misspelled it like two door. Well, they did misspell. Um, it's purposeful. The uh, first like, word they said there. Yeah. But no, Tudor is not. Uh, that is correct. All right. All right. Again, I'm trying to determine if that means it is a Tudor. I think it does, but I don't know 100% enough to know that for a fact. Ford Tudor. Weird. I'm pretty sure it means Tudor. All right. Ready for the next one? I am. All right. So, it's almost perfect, always garaged, no rust in all caps. Excellent. 69. Sedan, Oof. straight six. Mercedes two thirty. So close. Mercedes two eighty. Too high. Okay, Mercedes two fifty. <laughs> Damn, that was good. Well, there aren't many sixty-nine sedans that would have a straight six. Really? Yeah, I can't think of top of my head. American sedans with a straight six. Yeah, well, Chrysler would have been a slant six. Technically straight six. But they would have called it a slant six in the ad. Most Fords of the era would have been a V6. A GM would have had a GM straight six. GM would have had a straight six. Yeah. yeah. But it wouldn't have... I don't it is actually it, a very pretty looking car. Yeah, I, that's one of my favorite cars. I like those cars really nice. Those cars look really good when they're really low, too. Yeah. It's on my someday list. Wow. A nice really low one. No stumpers so far. No. Well, there's been little clues in each one that have led me... Out of path. I'm good at this. All right. <laughs> so here is a 1971 blank tribute car. Tribute car. Custom rotisserie build. 71 tribute car. 383 with dual quads. Okay, so it looks like a Hemi Cuda, but it's not. Disc brakes all around. Custom interior with six-way power Cadillac seats. Oof. Tribute is all. A tribute is over. <laughs> has has a custom-made removable top, making this blank one of a kind. Many thousands of dollars. And 71, you, 71, you said? Yep. And it's a 383? Yep. Is a, is a stock motor available? Is a 383 in this brand, or is it a stroked-out 350? Uh, it's available in this brand. So it's a Chrysler product? Yep. So it's probably a bar- heavy, heavy Cuda? Mm, no. AAR Cuda? No. Oof. It's your favorite brand of Mitsubishi. Oh, it's the Challenger RT. Nope. What? 71. Yep. Tribute car is what's throwing me because... So it's a Roadrunner. What's it to tribute to is the problem. Because usually you see a tribute car, you're going to be like a Hemi Cuda or oh, okay. a Hemi Challenger. Like a tribute to... It's a clone, Think basically. oil treatment. Jesus Christ, is it a petty car? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, so it's probably a Coronet. No. I'm speaking, I'm going ahead of myself now. So 71 in NASCAR, if it's a petty car. I don't think it actually was a NASCAR version. Oh, so I'm really getting thrown for a loop here then. Yeah. Um, But it's a Dodge Charger. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they could have been a NASCAR car. Let me see a picture of this one. They lost me at the Tribute with the, um, uh, the bug catcher going through the hood. Yep. Much like most NASCAR cars obviously had. Yep. <laughs> what the hell is that there for? <laughs> I like the diamond wheels on it. Uh, I do not. It's an um, auto. That would have uh, been... That would have weird been... Cadillac seats. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. Oh, what is that? that is Attack bad. in the bug catcher? That is bad. That is terrible. Um, that would have been the NASCAR car that year. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good looking car if you don't paint it like that. And you lose the stupid steel wheels that you like. 
Really? Yeah, I don't like those. They just look cheap. I don't know. I like it. If it didn't have the I red think, STP on it. I think if you just did it in the blue or if it was all, solid color. If it was just one solid color. It didn't yeah. matter what color it was. If it was all blue or all red. Well, you could do a, a, a tribute car as just the blue. Be like, hey, it's it's a petty blue, but it's not really a petty clone. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Um, I think the problem I have with those wheels in the first picture you showed me there is that the wheel and tire fitment is weird. They don't fit in the fenders very well. I guess. Maybe I looked at it quickly. But no, they look all right. I think I need to see it again. No, it says weird. Something's wrong with it. I don't like it. Well, that's all I got. So I almost got that one. That one threw me a little bit. I, I, I won't take credit for getting that one. All right. See, when you, when you said tribute car, I immediately... I didn't go to a racing tribute. Yeah. I went to like a clone, like yeah. a Hemi Cuda. Well, I decided to start giving years to make it like a little less ridiculous to try yeah. to guess stuff. Maybe it was too easy. I got most of them. Maybe. We find the game some more, but yeah, that's all I had for that. The Mer- the Mercedes was a shot in the dark, and I yeah, I guess park, apparently Rain Man it. I... <laughs> Whatever. Excuse me, I read every Craigslist listing every day. All yeah, day long. I guess so. No, I really don't. I haven't been on Craigslist looking at cars and because it's it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not dangerous. We don't have any money. So, although a friend of ours put his Delica up for sale today, not that friend, a different friend. All right. Um, the same friend who had looked at buying my truck. Yeah. And he wants the same money for his Delica that I wanted for my truck. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, <laughs> you still want a Silverado? I'll go keys for keys. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, but no, he does not want it. He wants a newer Silverado. <laughs> Whatever. You have the better one. Well, he wants a newer one with less miles on it, which is fine. <laughs> it's a diesel. Still. Anyway. But yeah, no, Craigslist is dangerous if you have a couple of dollars in your pocket, which... Thankfully, I don't. Need to downsize, not upsize. Hmm. All right. On that note, I think we call this a podcast. Yeah, good episode, sir. So you can follow us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast, on Instagram, Auto Off Topic. Follow me on Instagram, Race and Anger, and Brad. You can follow me on Instagram. Yes, T-S-I-S-S-350. And Andrew forgot to mention to follow us on YouTube at Auto Off Topic. That's right. I've got some videos recorded. They need to be edited. We did one installing the hubs. Not going to say it's going to be great because it was really quick and fast. And um, I was really tired. And I noticed at one point when I was recording the hub that I was actually recording the tire. Oh, cool. So you weren't looking through the thing? for For like five seconds probably, though. Awesome. Yeah. I'll work my editing magic on that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, take a sip. All right. Keep cars analog. Except for what? <laughs> Where were you at the beginning of this podcast? I don't know. What happened? <laughs> I kept saying anyway, oh. and you said drinking game. Oh, gotcha. There's another sip for you. Yep. Remember I was tired last night recording? I'm tired tonight, too. Yeah. But I'll have a drink anyway. So it's time to go. Uh, as always, keep cars analog. And aim for the roses.